to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning, everybody. Hey, I want to say that um, I want to say thank you to all of you who so faithfully give because I'm in touch with a lot of pastors going through this, and um, you guys are absolutely amazing. Um, I want to thank you. You're a faithful church. You give through the middle of trouble and stress and so many challenges for so many people, and you're very kind, benevolent, gracious, mercy-filled people, and it's a joy to be a part of this staff and to to serve the Lord with you. And so thank you. This you should you should applaud yourself. You should go, oh, that's right, I am a merciful giving person. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lord. Um, we're in a series on ordinary people because I don't think there's anybody in the scripture other than Jesus probably that was not very ordinary. And uh, we could probably, I don't know how long we'll go in this because I'm kind of enjoying it, is it okay? And uh, every time Jesus comes across the path of someone, uh, it seems like their lives are changed in some respect. And so if you have a, you can go to uh, the Facebook page to get the fill in if you want. I'll, I'll carry along. We're going to do something a little different today. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm not going to ask you to get up from your seat because you're probably sitting with family or you're sitting with someone that uh, you know well enough that you keep your mask on or, or whatever. But I'm going to ask you a question, some questions, and maybe you can turn to the people close to you or that's in your family and your group, put your mask on or whatever, and then you guys answer this with each other. And I'll give you a minute or so to do this. So we're going to be over in John 5 this morning. John 5, verses 1 through 15, if you've got your Bible app. And you want to pull it up, uh, you can, and we'll read it, and I'll pray, and we'll jump into this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in the, this condition for a long time, he asked him, I love this, do you want to get well? <laughs> oh, man. Sir, the invalid said, replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. I'll explain this in a minute. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And once, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, the law for you. Anybody think this is funny? It is the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. The dude just got healed 38 years, and the first thing out of a religious person's mouth is, you can't do that. That's not biblical. <laughs> and it's not that it wasn't biblical. It was added to the law and all of this. But anyway, Lord forbid, the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat. It's not my fault. You know, he, you know. uh, the man who had... 
about. It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Lord, bless the reading of your word. I pray you put power on it, Lord, that uh, you would help me and my weakness this morning, God. Give me the gift of teaching for the next few minutes. I pray you, people that are here, Holy Spirit, you would take the words. These precious words, this story, Lord, that happened, and that in some way you would open our hearts and you would speak to us today. So, Lord, come and do your good work in us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's the festival time. We know it's a Sabbath feast. Uh, this site where the pool is, there was no evidence that such a thing existed until uh, the 20th century, and then they uncovered it in Jerusalem. And sure enough, it's just like it said in the Bible. There it was, the colonnades, the pool, all of it. They found it. And, uh, you know, the way things went during this period of time, that if a, if a legend got out there that someone was being healed at this place in this pool, then suddenly the word got out, and everybody that was sick, anybody that... Uh, was an invalid or physically challenged in that way just of course they wanted to be healed and so they went to this place and the legend had it that when you would see the water moving it meant that an angel was stirring the water and so this is kind of a funny legend too first in first healed <laughs> can you imagine I mean it's like you got to get in there first you know if you're not the first one in then they're just out of luck and of course this poor fellow he he couldn't get in. He obviously didn't have any friends to help him get in, and he couldn't get himself in there. And there was always someone, and uh, you know, getting in the water. And of course, we don't know if they were healed or not. Most likely not by getting in that water. This, the laws that the Pharisees are talking about through all of this are. It wasn't just the Old Testament law, but the Jewish leaders had added what's called the Mishnah. That's 39 more headings with subheadings of laws. And so there were a tremendous amount of do's and don'ts in this culture. And, of course, they took them very seriously, and one of them was that you couldn't carry something on the Sabbath. Not even if you got healed and picked your mat up. And so uh, this, this guy didn't know who Jesus was. He, uh, he got up, he took up his mat, and he walked. Now I want to point out four things this morning, and I have a question in each one of them for you guys. The first, like the fill-in that I usually do if we were inside and we were handing them out, is that, notice this, Jesus takes the initiative. Jesus takes the initiative. You've heard me say this before, that we... As people of God, look for what God is doing and we join Him, right? It's not like rocket science. We don't have to create it. We just need to cultivate eyes to see what God is doing. And then we join Him. And Jesus takes the initiative here. Um, John 5.17, just a little bit down, says that Jesus says to the Pharisees, My Father is always at His work, even on the Sabbath. My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. So Jesus 
saw that the Father was doing this. He could see that that's what God was doing in this moment, and he joined the Father in that very moment. He leans over to the guy and asks him, does he want to be well? Now, let me ask you a question. There's what you can take a minute or two to uh, say with those around you. What do you think that when Jesus said, my Father is working until now, and I too must be working, what do you think the Father's work is? What, what, when he says the Father is working, what is the Father doing when he says work? Because we all know what work is, right? I thought about it this morning. I've been working since I was 19, 18 years old. It's never stopped, right? All through my life. So you know, you guys know what working is. What is the Father's work? What is he doing? Why don't you turn to one another and just give your idea. What do you think? Take a minute. Do it. I love seeing some of your family with children, talking with them and unpacking this. You know, there's what the Father's doing in the very moment that you're in that takes some discernment and walking with God, and it also takes some risk at times. You have to kind of step into it because you think, oh, this might be what the Father's doing, and, and you don't always know, but you kind of sense this is probably what he's doing so you step into it and that's how we learn to hear the Lord but if you want to see how the father was working all you have to do is read the gospels and look at Jesus because he only did what he saw the father doing so everything that you see Jesus doing the father is doing that is his work we get a perfect picture of what the Father is like, His profession, how He does His work in the life of Jesus. Of course, His work isn't completed. He's going to come back. He's going to restore His kingdom. So He's still going to be working when He comes back. But the work of salvation is completed, but He's still working in us, right? And so work is still going on. And so we join Him. And um, I love... In the Old Testament, where I think it was, it was either Abraham or Moses, I can't remember which one, but one of them said, you know, God, God told him to head out, and he says, where are we going? And he says, you'll know when you get there. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of like God, you know, like he shows us just enough to take a step in faith, like you're in some store somewhere, and you, you someone suddenly tells you, that they haven't been feeling well or or that you you hear someone in the family talk about that they've got a crisis in their life and you have to ask yourself why is this person telling me this why and sometimes it's just strangers that suddenly start talking to you and telling you things and could it be that what the father is doing is inviting you into what he's doing right there right then god has taken the initiative to let you see and let you hear and let you join. And like I said, it takes some walking with God and there's always risk involved and learning to hear God. And, and I don't know if you always get it 100% right. That's why it's an adventure and you learn. But it's okay because we're invited into that. So Jesus takes the initiative. He took the initiative with you. Even this morning, if you don't know him, then why are you here? If you're in these apartments around here and you're listening to this, why are you hearing this this morning? Why are you hearing about Jesus? Why has he pulled you in a, and brought you into this moment? Could it be it's his initiative because he loves you and he's taking the step into your life first? I know that was the truth with my life. 
And I bet many of you can give testimony to that. You weren't really looking for Jesus, and all of a sudden he turns to you and goes, Hey, you want to get well? <laughs> I mean, that's the way it was with me in the surf shop. I mean, I wanted to answer, No, I want to win this contest. You know, but, but it was like, No, this, this salvation in that moment. Jesus takes the initiative. That's how much he cares, and that's how much he loves his creation, us. And he's invited us into that. And just like this man who had been a paraplegic for 38 years, Jesus takes the initiative with him and asks him, do you want to be healed? Secondly, in verse 7, it says, you know, he responds with, sir, I have no one to help me. See, this guy doesn't know who Jesus is. He doesn't get the question yet. Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. What a sad situation. Every time he tries to get help, someone rushes ahead of him, rushes ahead of him. And who knows how long it took him to get there, to get himself to the pool, how long, you know, 38 years. Who knows? I mean, wow, how long he'd been at that pool and and going there every day. You know, the man, this is the second feeling, the man misunderstands Jesus and starts giving excuses. The man misunderstands him and starts giving excuses and, hey, we do the same thing. You know, Jesus begins to deal with our heart. Jesus begins to invite us to walk with him and we, like, misunderstand the whole thing. And we begin to give excuses like, well, I can't now. You know, I've got this going on, God. I I don't really understand everything about you, duh. Um, You know, so until I can understand all of this about you, I can't really trust you, so I can't really step into it. We misunderstand his initiation in inviting us to come to him. I have no one to help me. Who's standing next to him? Jesus. While I'm trying to get this done, while I'm working so hard to try to get healed, I can never get there. And sometimes we misread the scripture the same way, you know. Why haven't you changed me yet, Lord? What are you doing, you know? You don't really want me to change, do you? It's your fault, Lord, I'm like this. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Like, I really wish I was different. It's your fault. You made me, you know. And, and uh, we just misunderstand the whole love of God and his initiation to invite us into who he is and how he wants to work in our life. Now, here's a question for you guys again. Why do you think the man didn't immediately say yes? When he was asked a question like, do you want to be well? Why didn't he simply go, duh, yeah. You know, why didn't he do that? Why didn't he respond with a simple yes? What do you think? Some of us, some of us might wax sarcastically at that moment. (laughs) I probably would if I was laying there like that and a dude said, would you like to be well? (laughs) It's like, dude, can you see? I mean, really? Seriously? But I don't know. I, like it's, I think we do the same thing at times. You know, the Lord invites us into things and He asks us questions and we kind of, we don't respond. You know, we just want it to happen. And kind of end up with a chip on our sh- shoulder because Jesus didn't deal with us the way maybe we would have expected. I mean, Jesus could have just walked up to him, couldn't he? Couldn't he have just walked up and gone, Hey, Duke. And it would have happened, right? But instead, he engaged in this very minimal 
conversation because Jesus was going a lot deeper. It was as, as awesome and wonderful as this healing is, Jesus was out for his whole life, all of who he was. So the question, there's a lot more in that question than just what we're seeing. And many times for our own lives, there's a lot more in the question when God asks us about following him, when he asks about our lives, when we feel invited into something. There's more going on than we realize. There's a lot more going on. And so we move on to verses 8 through 13, and uh, we read that, Then Jesus said to him, Jesus the minimalist, talking about economy of vocabulary. Here it is. Get up, and I love the rhythm to this. Get up, pick up, take up your mat, and walk. That's like a rap, isn't it? I mean, you could put that. That's got a rhythm to it. Get up, pick up, take up your mat, and walk. <laughs> Get up, take up, pick up your mat, and walk. I mean, there's no long discourse of explanation. Uh, there's no theological treatise. There's none of that. It's just a simple get up, take up your mat, and walk. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, this never fails to amaze me, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. I had somebody tell me years ago I couldn't be saved because my hair was long. I was like, really? You know? I had this kid that I took to church one time. They said he wasn't saved because he had these leather bracelets around his wrist. You know, it's like we get so legalistic and uh, it just fogs out the beautiful work of Christ in our life. And, man, you know, these people were missing it as honest as they were. But he replied, this is the guy who was healed. The man who made me well said to me, it's his fault. It's his fault. The man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. That's amazing, isn't it? For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Now your third fill-in, if you're doing a fill-in, is this. A misunderstanding did not stop Jesus. Because he misunderstood it, it did not stop him from doing his work. It didn't. And I don't know how many times this, here, here's the question for you. I, uh, let me frame it. I think there are times in our life when maybe you're not a follower of Jesus yet, or maybe you are, but I'll bet you there are times in your life where looking back on it now, you can say, that was a God moment. I didn't see it at the time. I don't know who that fellow is. I don't know who did that for me. But looking back on it right now, I can see that God was at work in my life. Can you think of a time like that? I mean, you don't even really have to be a Christian to sometimes look back and go, there's some divine intervention going on here. I don't know how I made it out of that situation. I don't know how I made it to now, to where I am now. Do you have a story in mind? Do you have a moment in mind where just like this, I don't know who he was. I don't know who he was. I have no idea, but I'm walking. I'm okay looking back. Have you got a story? Share it with somebody. Even if it's a suspicion that you think maybe God was at work back in that day. Share your story with each other. You know what's really good is to write these things down when they come to mind. Um, 
even if you're not a journaling person, if you just then I don't know why you wouldn't be, but um, you know, keep a little book, maybe of God moments, moments when you're like, wow, looking back on that, I, I now I see, I see the hand of God in this. I see His sovereign working in my life, even when I didn't credit Him with it, even when I didn't know that it was Him doing it. It's obvious there was something that couldn't have just been happenstance. You know, happenstance is many, many times are God's circumstance. I mean, it's when he moves in that moment. And it's his way of talking to us and calling us, just like with this man who had no idea who was who Jesus was yet. The misunderstanding was just one step in the whole process. Boy, that breeze feels good coming off the ocean right there. And um, so don't discount those moments. Take a little journey back every now and then, maybe every morning or sometime during the week and kind of reflect back on your life and just give a thought to how you can see God's thumbprint working. And I mean, I've got some way before I ever became a Jesus follower that I didn't see until I became really a Jesus follower and then was able to look back through that lens and see that, gosh, you know what? He loved me before I said that I loved him. And I saw see that he was... You know, it doesn't mean life's always great, but he kept you till that moment, right? Even that is a sovereign thing of God, that he keeps us till, to the moment that we can come to know him. And so a misunderstanding, misunderstanding who he was, what the question was, did not stop Jesus. It was still a part of the journey. And uh, then we move on to the latter, the last part of this uh, story And in verses 14 through 15, it says, Later, Jesus found him at the temple. Now, there's a couple of reasons why he may have been at the temple. One uh, was that they had to go show themselves to the priest. uh, So the priest could actually testify and, and say, yes, he's been healed. It wasn't just a claim, you know, that he was healed. The second reason, though... And this is what I'm taking from it, is that he was there to worship. He was there to give thanks in that moment. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, what's Jesus going to say? Do you want to get well? Do you want to be well? Get up, take up your mat and walk. Economy of vocabulary and words. And again, here we go again. See, you are well again. It had been 38 years since he had been well. 38 years. See, you are well again. And then he gives him some advice. You see, because it's not just about that moment. It is about his life. It's about the future. It's about all of it. Jesus is concerned with all of our lives, not just in the moment. Stop sinning. Stop missing the mark with your life. Or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Now, the man still didn't really get everything, right? He's still blaming Jesus. (laughs) It's like, hey, I'm well because he did it. You know, he did it. It was him. It was him who did it. Uh, Jesus shows up in the church, in the temple, and there's the guy standing there. And Jesus turns to him and, and reminds him, look, you're well again. Now... I want you to walk this life. I want you to begin this life. 
with me. Let's walk. And I think he's making reference in a lot of commentaries to 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 the kingdom to come, to you know, judgment day when it's coming and like, you know, get get on that path and begin to walk because judgment day is coming one day and that's going to be a lot worse if you don't get things lined up right now. And so there was a sober moment in these words as well to this man as he invited him not just into a healing moment but into a, a following moment. Now, the man still has a way to go in his understanding. But Jesus wants him to walk with him, wants him to understand his life. The man doesn't stand up, doesn't give testimony for Jesus of his power. He just kind of blames him for it. And he's still under the pressure of those around him, especially the religious leaders at the time. And we do the same thing, you know. We kind of get under pressure. We get embarrassed by what's going on, what Jesus has done in our life. We don't want to talk about it. I mean, Jesus isn't being critical in this last part of the conversation. He's being caring. This is a part of him caring for the man. Stop missing the mark. Come on and let's walk together. Let's go together. And uh, Jesus wants the best for him. See, you are well again. You are well again. Now, here's your question. Why do you think Jesus had him pick his mat up and walk? Why did he have him, have him pick the mat up and begin to walk? Why didn't you say, yeah, you're healed and walk off? Why? At first I thought, Jesus is... He doesn't want him to be a litter bug. <laughs> Don't leave your stuff on the beach, man. Take it with you when you leave. <laughs> Don't leave it. Uh, maybe he didn't want someone else who could walk to get their trip over, or you know, trip over it or something. I don't. Why? Why did he have him take his mat up and walk? I think there's. I have a personal opinion, but then I think this is probably the scriptural right, is that Jesus is making a statement that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. In Matthew 12, 8, it says, For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is saying that people are valuable, much more valuable than what the religious leaders were uh, making. In Matthew 12, 10 through 12, it says, how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Remember the sheep? Like if it gets down in a ravine, won't you on the Sabbath go in and get him and take him out of that? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And Jesus, here's my personal, I like this. I think the mat was a testimony. That was the man's testimony because everywhere, if he had that mat with him and people saw him, they kind of, it's one thing to write the guy off is that so-and-so over there, but then you see the mat in his arms and you look at him and you go, he's laid on that mat for 38 years and he's got it in his hands now and he's walking. You have a mat. Carry it. You have a testimony of what God has done and is doing in your life. Don't throw the mat away. Pick it up in your arms and walk with it so that others can.
can see it. Jesus says, mercy over legalism. Last question and we'll pray. How is God at work in your life right now? Would you be so bold just to share with someone, what is God doing in your life? How is he moving in your life right now? All right, while we stand here in the presence of God this morning, I want to, uh, you don't have to, you can stay seated if you want to get up, that's fine. Stand in your heart, stand physically. Um, I want to go back to that mat. And those of you who follow Jesus, Holy Spirit, I ask right now in this moment that you will remind them of the mat that is in their hands that is a memory of the way they used to be and how you've worked in their lives. Lord, would you let them see that right now? Don't lay it down. Don't forget it. Don't lay it aside, but carry it for the whole world to see. Whatever that is, how you've worked in our lives, Lord, how you continue to work. We carry the mat of the memory, Lord, of who we were and where we were and how you've touched and changed and are changing our lives, Lord. We will gladly, Lord, gratefully carry this mat so that others can see what you have done. We will gladly tell our story, Lord. We will gladly praise you for the fact that we have this mat in our hands and we're no longer laying on it. We'll gladly thank you, Lord, and be reminded of your grace and your mercy over legalism, Lord, and your freedom and your call to follow, Lord. And right now, maybe you're here and you have never, ever intentionally stepped off of the mat and up to face Jesus. What a great day to do it right here, right now. Get up off the mat. Say yes to Jesus as he calls you to follow. Get up, take up, and walk. Get up, take up, and walk with him this morning. And continue to walk with him through the rest of your life. Say yes to him this morning. Holy Spirit, move now to each one who says yes to you, Lord, in this moment. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.